Welcome to The Real Talk with Tanya Sakowitz podcast, where we help parents and caregivers gain knowledge to increase their confidence and their success in caring for young children. We will cover topics like feeding your baby, getting your baby and you some much needed sleep, and pretty much anything else that has to do with caring for babies and their families after birth. Society sets parents up to fail, and we are here to change that. You can also find full video versions of each episode on our YouTube channel, Newborn Care Solutions. Thanks for tuning in. Good evening and welcome to Real Talk, where every Sunday night we offer insight, education, and resources to in-home caregivers and those affected in their world. These are the children, the parents, the extended family, and everyone who loves them. And our goal is to offer real-life topics and learning through discussing real issues and offering real solutions. And tonight, I'm excited to welcome back a guest that we've had on several times. We were chatting before we started about the fact that maybe uh, she's been on more than any other guest that we've had, um, and that is Rachel Lawrence with Homework Solutions. So welcome, Rachel. It's great to have you. Thanks. It's always good to be here. Texans do make people nervous. They do want information. Exactly. And so we are going to jump into that tonight. Taxes are not glamorous by any stretch of the imagination, and most of us would like to avoid them. However, it's important that we have really good information. So uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Rachel, and then we're going to jump into our topic for tonight. And so tonight, Rachel is a proud mom of three young children. We were just talking about that, including a set of twins. Rachel joined the Homework Solutions team in January of 2019 to become their agency partner specialist. Rachel has a solid 15-year foundation in the in-home child care industry and is a big proponent of developing and adhering to high industry standards and is the founder of fairandlegalpay.com. And before we hop into our topic tonight, Rachel, I'm going to have you tell us a little bit more about that. Um, but this is a coalition designed to raise awareness about the need for legal pay in our industry and to empower individuals to educate others about why it's so important. She holds membership in the International Nanny Association and has served on their board of directors. She regularly attends and often speaks at industry conferences, including those put on by INNTD, Nanny Palooza, the INA, APNA, the U.S. Nanny Association, and Newborn Care Solutions. Um, and so we're going to dig tonight into important tax information for the industry, things that we may need to know because we're in tax season right now, being kind of at the front of the year. But first, Rachel, take a minute and tell us a little bit more about fairandlegalpay.com, why people should even be interested in it. Sure. So the idea behind it was that each part of our industry could play a role in making sure that our industry was seen as just that, as an industry, professional industry, filled with these different components, right? So we went to other payroll and tax companies and said, you guys, like us, do this all day long. Um, let's get the message out and make it um, a message that everyone can sort of buy into, not just pass along. And so, you know, then we went also to agency owners and we said, hey, listen, we know you guys support this. How can we make it um, an easier buy-in? How can we lower that barrier of entry so that everyone can get the message? Because the more times you hear something, um, the more it sticks, right? Or sometimes you you learn a new vocabulary word and the first time you learn it, and then all of a sudden 
you hear it three other times that week and you think, God, has everyone always been saying this and I didn't know what it meant? Or is the universe trying to tell me something or whatever the scenario is? Um, and also then the caregivers could buy in. So we thought, how does that work? How do you get everyone to have sort of a, sort of a moment without being a whole conversation, just to sort of kick off the conversation, really, which was things like a logo. Um, if a nanny or an NCS or an agency or uh, a payroll company or, or a professional organization can put something very simple like a logo, it allows everyone that deals with them to know that that's something that's important to them. Um, it's an opportunity to ask a question. Hey, I saw this logo. What does it mean? Um, and we really wanted it to be sort of a, a quiet message or an invitation for a conversation so that people could say, listen, we are professionals. We deserve to be paid legally. And what does that mean? Fairly and legally. Um, following things like labor laws, tax laws, all of those sort of things. Um, and also, it allows even a family really to do that, right? You could put it on a job description so that nannies know, hey, listen, we pay legally. That's how we're going to talk. We're going to talk gross pay. We're going to talk benefits, those sort of things. So it was really just this sort of um, door really to to open and start the conversation. Absolutely. And there is a website, fairandlegalpay.com, where people can go and get more information. Uh, and we've been a supporter of that since it first kind of launched uh, mm -hmm. because I'm a huge advocate for people getting paid fairly and legally and getting all the things that they not just legally are entitled to, but what is appropriate so the people that are caring for your children and people who work in our industry. Absolutely. Uh, so I love that. But we're going to talk tonight specifically about kind of some tax information around all the things that we need to know. Uh, and given that we are kind of in tax season, but this is applicable all the time, right? If somebody says, all right, I'm supposed to be a W-2 employee, but I didn't get one. What do I do? Or how do I figure this all out? So sure. about that. So I would always say conversation is where everything starts, right? Because so many times it's not malicious. It wasn't even thoughtful in the way of anyone gave it any thought. It was just a, an oops, a miscommunication. Someone didn't understand an obligation. Um, you know, I get phone calls all the time this time of year where uh, a parent says, hey, listen, my household employee came up to me and said, I didn't get my W-2. Could you reprint it for me? And there was this moment where I thought, oh, I probably should have done something about a year in tax document for you. I guess you are my employee. And I know that sounds silly, but they're thinking about so many other things, right? They're thinking about this new baby. They're thinking about how to find someone that will love it and take care of it like they would when they're not there. They're thinking about carpooling. They're thinking about what's for dinner. They're thinking about all of these other things. And so, yes, when they stop and think about it, they realize, oh, this, I guess this person is my employee, but they'd never had that moment until then. So start with conversation. Go to your employer or former employer and just say, hey, you know, I, I didn't get this. I think I was supposed to have it by the end of January. Are you just running late? What's going on? Get some information because employers should have it to you by January 31st per, per IRS law. So if it's not there by, say, 15th of February or so, you know, time to start the conversation. Sometimes you'll get an, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. Or, oh my gosh, I need to get that to my account. Thanks for letting me know. 
Um, other times you will get someone who says, well, I didn't intend to do that. I, why? You know, tell me more. I'm not going to do it unless you inform me. And so, you know, we have a great article on our website. I'll shoot it over to you. But it basically says, you know, here is IRS 926, which is the document the IRS um, sends out that says these are the rules around household employment. Um, so sometimes it's easy as saying, hey, could you give this to your accountant? I think they'll see that really I should be a W-2. Um, sometimes people say, oh, well, we just thought you'd be a 1099, just an independent contractor. I get that. I get the misunderstanding, the not knowing of the tax law and what makes someone a W-2 versus a 1099. Um, but again, a little bit of information goes a long way. So sending them some information from, I don't know, Department of Labor or Fair Labor Standards Act that defines out who is an employee and who is a contractor, often they can immediately see that the position you had was a W-2. Um, so there, let's say you have these conversations, goes nowhere. They, they put you off. They tell you too bad, so sad, I'm not doing it. Whatever the scenario may be. There are ways for employees to solve this problem. It is a fairly aggressive way to solve this problem. So again, have the conversation first. But you can basically say to the IRS, my employer didn't do what they were supposed to. I don't want to break the law. Go talk to them. So there are forms. If you have a, a missing W-2, meaning you got no tax form, um, there's a publication called 4852 um, that you can fill out. And again, our article tells you how to fill it out. Um, <laughs> and then if you had a 1099 and you really think you were a W-2, there's a different form. It's an 8919 that says, you know, I was given the wrong form. Um, and again, our article can tell you how to fill it out. But that way you're saying to the IRS, hey, I, I'm sort of in a corner here. You're going to have to go talk to my employer. But here's all the information you need to go do that. Um, and then, of course, in this space, in the NCS space, um, sometimes you end up with someone who you are not their employee. You have your own business. You invoiced these people. They paid you. And then their account said, well, be double certain. Send them a 1099. We want to make sure like there's no recourse here. Um, if the amount on the 1099 matches what you invoiced them, it's fine. Just go ahead and keep the 1099 in case you were ever audited. But you don't really need to do anything to undo that um, because you're already claiming that income, right? If it's a different amount, again, back to conversation, right? Why did you send me a 1099 for an amount that isn't what you paid me, et cetera? But those are some sort of guideposts, I guess. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know that is a conversation I have so often. Um, and you mentioned a couple of things that I think are key. And too many times we forget, you mentioned it's oftentimes it's not malicious. It's just people don't understand because taxes can be really complicated. And the secondary part of that is that sometimes they're given wrong information um, from their tax preparer who mm -hmm. also doesn't understand it. And so providing that information is key. So I'm going to make sure that we have you shoot over that article and we'll make sure that it's in the feed for everyone to be able to link to that, to be able to send it on to an employer or a tax preparer so that there's more information there. Because yeah, too often, I think people just don't know. I think most people want to do things right, you know, and they want to be good employers. Are there always a few bad seats? Of course, but, you know. Um, so if employers didn't withhold, um, 
Or if you're not an employee, how does someone avoid getting to the end of the year and, oh my gosh, now I owe the IRS $10,000 or whatever it is, um, and it's an astronomical, how do they avoid that kind of issue? Yeah, so that's terrible, right? (laughs) No one wants to do their taxes and go, oh my goodness, look at this. How am I going to pay this? So one, if you get to that moment or you've already gotten to that moment, the IRS does have payment plans. And if you call them, you can set up, um, you know, where you pay whatever it is, $150 a month or whatever till it's paid off. And as long as you don't miss payments, you're good. They'll let you do this. I'm trying to remember. I think it's once every five years, might be every three years. Um, So you can look into that. Um, Now let's avoid it going forward. Uh, So going forward, there are things called 1040 ES payments. ES stands for estimated payments. And basically what you're doing is you're saying, hey, I, you know, I don't have withholding at work because my employer does not offer that to me, which is sort of unique to our space. Um, Or like you said, I, um, for whatever reason, I own my own business. I don't work as an employee, whatever the scenario is, there are methods to making payments. A little asterisk. It depends on how you have your business set up. Uh, but let's say you're just a sole proprietorship. Sometimes you work as an employee. Sometimes you know you have this sole proprietorship business. So you can make these 1040 ES payments. So you're saying to the government, "I think I'm going to owe something. I feel like I want to pay towards it. That way, I'm paying in throughout the year. It's not such a big deal." Also, the IRS does have some regulations on who has to make these payments if it's sort of a regular course of your life that this happens all the time, that you'll have these huge tax bills, they actually sort of require it of you. Um, we can send over a resource that goes into that more. But basically, you're just making an estimated payment. You're saying, hey, I think I'm going to owe, I don't know, $8,000 at the end of the year. So each quarter, I'm going to pay in $2,000. And that gets me to my estimated payment. There's a, an equation that's used for it. Um, but that way, you're paying along the way. Um, definitely good. Also, just on a side note, um, Arizona uh, has state taxes can't be collected from an employee in the household space. So this is common practice for even uh, a nanny that has federal withholdings who's an employee in Arizona. Uh, again, we have a resource where you can sort of figure this out, but it it softens the blow. And also you may have this legal requirement to do it. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that the first year I lived in Arizona and I did not know that. Um, and at the end of the year, I owed the state a fair amount of taxes, but thankfully I learned it the first year I was here <laughs> and got that all straightened out. Uh, so I'm glad that you mentioned that. I wish they would get that change because it is, it's only it's a Arizona. weird law. Yeah. It is only Arizona. It's a very unusual law. And I've never found anything through research that tells me like how it came to be exactly. I'm sure it was well-intended. Right. So if you think you're going to owe taxes this year, even if you're as a W-2 employee, Okay. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of our people who watch this are W-2 employees. Sure. But if they're like, oh my gosh, I, I, I ended up owing taxes last year. I don't want to owe taxes again. Mm-hmm. What kind of changes can they make or what can they do so that they don't end up in that kind of situation again? Sure. So the quickest way is to fill out a new W-4 form. A W-4, if you recall back to the first day that you started this job or whatever job, Um, this is the form that used to say something like married with one allowance, married with two allowances. They've changed it slightly. Um, So it may be worth even looking at the new form. Um, They changed it in 2020. So now 
each allowance has a dollar amount uh, assigned to it. So a child versus maybe your elderly parent that's living with you um, have different amounts. And so it mine, for instance, I have three children. So um, each child is a $2,000 uh, exemption. So I could put a $6,000 exemption there. And it allows you to decide whether you're, you're finally married, not finally married, et cetera. So updating this form is a really good way to solve that problem. Here are two notes. One, everyone in your household needs to update the form. You don't want to be using apples and oranges. So if you have a spouse, uh, they should update to the new form too. And that way everybody's playing with the same deck of cards, if you will. Um, that's one thing that you can do. It's supposed to be a more accurate form. That's why they're doing it that way. So that might help solve the problem. The second is that there's an actually a little box on the W-4 form where you can ask for extra withholdings. So you can say, yes, I'm you know, married with three kids, but please also hold back an extra $20 per uh, pay period for my taxes. And then you're overpaying maybe, but if you overpay, what happens is you file your tax return and you get a refund, right? Um, so it's not really money lost. It's maybe money loaned without getting any interest, but if it makes you nervous, sometimes that's just a good solution to say, listen, no, I don't have to worry about it. And when we're talking about both of these things, that actually means then that their paycheck is going to change, correct? Sure. Um, you know, really, I can't stress a pay stub enough. <laughs> um, this is the not waiting till the end of the year to realize you had a miscommunication step. Right. So every time you start a new job, actually, I would say every pay period or at least, you know, once a month, give it a glance, make sure that there wasn't just some clerical error on it. Right. Where you're usually married with three dependents, but somebody messed something up and now it says you're single zero or whatever the scenario is. Um, and if you do change your W-4, this is a good immediate mechanism. Right. You can see when it was changed. Um, and so keeps track of hours, keeps track of pay rates, keeps track of deduction, um, all of those things. So really, I can't stress that level of communication so that you don't get all the way to the end of the year and go, what do you mean you weren't withholding federal income taxes? I have this huge tax bill. They're going to say to you, well, you should have realized that it was there was zero dollars missing on your paycheck. So yeah, when you adjust your withholdings, of course, your, your actual net pay, your take-home pay will change you know, up or down, depending on what you did with it. Fantastic. And we touched on this just very briefly, but I want to come back to this topic because too many people don't have this. How important is it that your tax preparer, your accountant, especially if you own a business, actually understands this industry and how it impacts taxes? Oh, tremendously. Um, we have clients that are CPAs, right? and the reason for that isn't because they have no knowledge. They have enough knowledge to know they don't have this knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. um, I always tell people that being a tax pro or a financial pro is much like being a doctor. There, there's too much knowledge, right? You would never expect a doctor to know how to do surgery on a newborn and uh, you know, an elder heart replacement and everything in between. That's too much knowledge. No person can do a good job with that. So um, attorneys, doctors, tax pros, they specialize in things and they have the tax code that they know that goes with what they do, right? This is a very niche thing. So 
most of them haven't had experience or they know it exists, but they haven't done a lot of it. Um, so it's so important to find someone that knows, you know, if you're, it's a business that it specializes or understands the type of business you have, right? So proprietorship, LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp, and all of the things that go along with that. They should have a general idea of what you do, right? This shouldn't be, um, you know, if you go in and they're calling you a babysitter and and they don't understand, like, maybe not your person. Um, because the more they know and understand a concept of what you do, the the more effective they are. The more, because they know what questions to ask, right? Maybe you didn't tell them something, but they know to ask a, a question that sort of lets them assess more information because it might save you money on your taxes or it might save you from making mistake. Um, so it's very important. And, you know, especially in this space, if you are going back and forth, which a lot of people do between being an employee versus, um, you know, building something out through a business and, um, and doing it that way, I would make sure you have someone that understands why and when and how and this is all coming together. Yeah, I agree. I mentioned earlier, but it's one of those things where when I talk to people, and they say, well, I tried talking to my employer, but my employer said their accountant told them that I could be a 1099 mm-hmm. and they are a traditional household nanny. And it's like, well, it's because they don't know this area, it's their expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we teach um, what are called CPE classes to CPAs. These are like continuing education classes that they have to take a certain number to maintain their license. And there's a reason for that, right? Because like I said, the breadth of the information is is too much. And so it gives them these little classes that sort of help them understand other parts. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're teaching hundreds of people at a time in these classes that are tax pros. And there are always questions because again, they don't specialize in this. It would be like if, I don't know, if you were a traveling nanny for teenagers and someone handed you a newborn, you might or might not know what to do with that newborn, you know, and and vice versa. Um, so you just have to understand that people have different, uh, knowledge, different limitations. And there's just because somebody recommended someone to you doesn't mean they fit you, you know, go try it on like a pair of shoes, go talk to them, have conversations, take information. Don't just say, Hey, I'm, I'm an Annie. Can you help me? Or I'm an NCS or I'm a business. Take tangible information, right? I made this much last year. This is how my employment was set up, et cetera, so that they can actually give you a a quality answer. Yeah, absolutely. As always, lots of good information, lots of information that our viewers and listeners are always asking us about. Uh, I literally see tax questions almost every single day. So we so much appreciate having you on, Rachel, and sharing with our audience so that they can continue to learn. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Anytime. And if you in our audience have any questions about important tax information for our industry or anything else related to taxes and employment as an NCS or a nanny, please put them in the feed and tag Rachel Lawrence, Homework Solutions, or Newborn Care Solutions, and we'll make sure that you get answers. And of course, you can rewatch this segment and catch any of our past Real Talk episodes, several of which are with Homework Solutions and their tax expertise. Um, you can pop over to newborncaresolutions.com Click on the education tab and all the content is there as well as on our YouTube channel and all the podcast channels. So thank you for joining us tonight and have a great night. 
Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Tanya Sackowitz podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you liked what you heard, please share it on social media or send it directly to someone you think might benefit. It would also be a huge support if you could rate and review the podcast on whatever player you're currently listening on so that other people can find the content easier. You can also connect to us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok, or checking out our website at newborncaresolutions.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Talk Podcast with Tanya Sackowitz.